This episode of the Circle Independent Podcast is a conversation with Foster Deck. I met Foster at a store that he helps run with his mom called Madam Clutterbuckets in Asheville, North Carolina. Very cool story. You can see the link in the show notes here. In this conversation, Foster talks about what it was like to leave an old life behind and pursue a new one and his opportunities that he has pursued himself and what can happen with people when you typically overlook them, but yet you give them a chance. Be sure and listen in to the advice he gives at the end of this podcast episode. If you need to reach out to us, you can find me at JD at CircleThePanda.com, or you can find Foster and his mom at Madam Clutterbuckets in Asheville, North Carolina. Foster, thank you so much for being on here with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Now, we met at a very unique store, a store that you you might be part owner. You might I know you, you help run it. I'm, I'm not sure. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, it's quite a unique and, and it's talk of the town. It's the talk of Asheville. I don't know if you knew that. Like the talk of Asheville. Yeah. Um, so um, I did. in yeah, I do indeed run it with um, both my mom and my sister. It's uh, primarily my mom's store, but we opened this store back in October 2021. And I say we're doing pretty well considering we're nearly two years old now. Austin, your mom said that you guys sold a place in Atlanta, right? And then just took a chance to go down there and open the store. What was that experience like for you? Well, <laughs> that was, it's been quite an experience because um, I, I pretty much grew up in Atlanta pretty much my whole life. I mean, I, I was born um, in Greensboro, North Carolina, but I wasn't, I was so young to the point where like by the time we left when we moved to Atlanta that I didn't really have any emotional attachment to Atlanta but by the time we moved to um Asheville in May of 2021 it was such a drafted change in my life considering how connected and used to Atlanta I was but I think it's getting better over time for me I mean I don't miss the city, but there are benefits to it being quieter here compared to Atlanta, which is loud and everything, but um, but it's been a huge part of my life. Uh, you didn't expect some of these questions, so pardon me. Anyone watching and listening is going to go, well, were these prep? I didn't see any of these questions, but I'm curious. You stock your store with certain inventory, and I think y'all just did it on a road trip. Y'all went on a road trip to find inventory. Is that how you find your inventory, Foster? Um, there are some, um, some, yeah, a lot of the stuff they um, we do um, sell at the store. I mean, we do have merchandise and retailers where we get our merchandise from, but a lot of the unique, one of a kind stuff we do find on the road and. My mom and my and my sister are usually the ones who are the ones who go searching for those stuff um, because I myself can't drive, um, but I do tag along and from time to time and be like like find the individual gem that may or that um, will try to appeal to a certain audience, and a lot of the time they do appeal to an audience. Sometimes sooner rather than later. Is there 
what's the rhyme or reason between what you guys select in there? Because it has a wide range of, you might find anything in there. Uh, I've seen stuff in there that I've not seen in other places. Is there like a theme behind it, Foster? Like behind the merchandise or the store? Well, actually both of them, the merchandise and the store. So, um, like the theme is with the store for, well, at least in my opinion is that we always try to have at least one thing in our, in our store that we sell that will appeal to everyone, regardless if it's something very common or something pretty niche. And, um, and so like sometimes we'll sell stuff, um, because like that go from a certain theme like for example we have like the weird and bizarre and sometimes we have stuff along the lines of like because a lot of people like to collect poultry um and so we tried to find as much poultry as we can that are vintage and and limited um because they tend to go not only be popular but well but also worth quite a bit Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. And and then you guys, you guys employ a unique compared to what some people do. You you employ you employ from a community that sometimes others you know others overlook. Is that right? Who do, who's your yeah. Who do you hire? Yeah, we very much are that kind of business where we employ people with um, both autism and developmental disability and stuff like that. Um, the idea of that had been floating around for years, even before, um, before we made the uh, move to Asheville. Like, I mean, it was about time in like, when we finally decided like it's time to leave Atlanta and to pursue a new, not only a new wife, but a new wife, um, like a new kind of business where, a lot of people in that group tend to get overshadowed or overlooked because when people, when they try to look out for a job, the employer or the company or whatever, they don't see them as a capable employee. They only see them as this is a person who has a disability and we cannot work with this person with a disability. You know, that's unfortunate. I, I've, uh, I've worked with some, some groups that actually helped them create a company. And as I was watching them work, and I go, why don't more people hire from the community? Loyal, great workers, unique yeah. set of talents. You just, so yeah, it just blows my mind that more people do not hire from that community. Well, um, what's actually interesting is that like part of what we use as influence um, for this business mission was, um, so like back in um, like so back in when I graduated high school in 2013, I I wasn't planning on going to college or university at all at the time, and and so like I I I graduated, but I had like okay, what am I supposed to do now? And um, so I ended up getting a job offer from a. Um, family friend who was opening a restaurant at the time, which was great because it was my first paying job. And 
don't like I was lucky enough to get the job because he was a family friend and he knew what it was like growing up. And um, I left the job in around 2015. Um, that job around 2015 due to a health issue and that was unrelated to the job. Um, then um, when I was able to get back on my feet after dealing with a health issue, um, the next job I got at um, worked at for near a little almost two years um, was a was working at a cafeteria where my mom was a special ed administrator for the school where I worked at. So I don't know it was a, a good it was a safe job. It wasn't the job I really wanted because the previous job I was a ditch watcher and I'm pretty much stuck in a ditch pit all day and this job even though it did give me a lot more work in the kitchen i still like it was still not the job i wanted and um luckily i was able to get out of that job because the re because the health issue i had back in 2015 like reoccurred again so i was able to use that the chance to get out of that job and so after I quickly got over that health issue, so this is the part that we lead to our mission, by the way. Um, when I was looking for a job, um, one job I was looking at, at the possibility, I originally didn't wasn't interested in going to go apply to the place, but um, I applied to the place and they didn't know I was autistic or anything like that. Um, and, but there were the, there was a club acquaintance at my mother's school who knew the general manager very well. And so she put in a good word for me and, and I got to meet them in person and I showed them despite them having very little to almost no experience with um, people on the spectrum and with disability that if you give me a chance at the job, I will more than make up for it than pretty much anybody you hire who may not be serious about the job that I'm applying for. Mm -hmm. They did take that chance and I ended up working there for far longer than my two previous jobs. And I ended up like even doing more than what my job acquired there because I was that dedicated and cared about the job that much. And like that was a family business and the, that job was working at this bowling alley in downtown um, in Decatur in Atlanta. And like they like they were completely blown away that despite my disability and drawbacks, how much work, hard work and how much passion they put towards my job. Oh, and, yeah. 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 And and now you're helping run a small business. Look at yeah. it. Like basically the chance they gave me in that job with partial influence for what our mission was for our store to give people a chance to not only um, get a job, but also maintain a, uh, a profitable way of living, um, being able to make, um, being able to not only maintain and hold a job, but being able to have a job where, it had a, some form of income for them. Foster, and, you're the only one from your store that's been on this podcast so far, man. 
impression you left with me when I went in. You remember, I think I asked you on the first day I met you, would you be a yeah. podcast guest or something? That's uh, yeah. <laughs> you had that way that you were selling, you were selling, helping great customer service. So the experience was uh, very memorable for me. Yeah. So what is next for you? Have some, what do you see going forward? What are your goals, aspirations? What do you have in mind? Well, I definitely do tend to stay with the store in a way, like maybe like not being the, um, like I still work with the store, but maybe having a lot of the other people take the, be the face of the store rather than me and like my mother and sister. So I'm still working for the store and everything. But I do actually hope to connect out to more people on the spectrum and people with disabilities. Like one thing I want been wanting to do for years, even before like um, I moved here to Asheville, was like starting a podcast of my own. And like, like it's nowhere near like started. Like I don't even have any piece of equipment for it. But like like starting a podcast and like advocating for people with disabilities and not only advocating people with disability, but people in general, because it just, um, like what, like, because I've been around so many people who like have different parts of their life, like not only people with disabilities, but people who are on the LGBTQ community, people, um, people, um, of diversity and stuff like that. And I really want to advocate for all of them in general, especially considering like how things been in general. So what, let's go into that more because you're actually looking for a voice and a platform to share a message. Love yeah. that. Essence great for that. Yeah. Are you going to have guests on there with you or is it just going to be you speaking? I hope to have maybe have guests on there as often as possible. Like, I mean, another thing that would be awesome is if maybe not have just me be the host, but maybe have like a co-host as well. And maybe have like, like maybe some guests who like, who are returning guests be like partial co-hosts and stuff like that. Like um, even before I, like before I left Atlanta, like I would part of disability group where like I even took a course on advocating for businesses um, where um, you were advocating for businesses on being more handicapped accessible, but the advocates themselves are the ones with disabilities and themselves. Because rather than um, the best people to advocate for, those kind of people are the people themselves who have it. Oh, rather, rather yeah. Than, rather than some, like, some, like, person with like a bird degree in on a college or whatever exactly right so would your co-host be uh someone with this this a disability of is that who your co-host would be somebody with disability yeah. well i'm either hoping somebody with a disability themselves or somebody who worked with people with disability to, enough to know exactly what it's like like I have a very close um, friend, acquaintance who I actually met in high school with um, my job coach still, like she lives in Atlanta still. I meet with her monthly, maybe bi-monthly bi to bi-monthly. 
And we, even though she, I don't see her in person anymore, I still keep up with her. And she gives me advice on not only my job, but in my life in general. And like, I'm hoping to have someone like her or like somebody with disabilities in general on my podcast, like not only to talk about people with disabilities, but also like talk like what is, um, like to also have fun at the same time. All right. So this is, this is why I'm hanging on it. Cause it's so cool. It's the whole purpose of this episode is so if you're doing like, if this was an episode that you're doing, what is the message that you would say? Like what if I'm listening and this is your podcast, Foster, what would you, what would you want to say to me? What message do you want me to get? When it comes to, um, I get the best method to send is just because we're different um, compared to people who don't have the spectrum doesn't mean we are we are incapable of maintaining and and being successful in our lives compared to um, the issues we may face um, ourselves. Like like we are very like we very much want to be like we looked up to as somebody who is capable of doing something regardless of their disabilities or drawbacks. Like one thing I like noticed because I went to, like I was in public school up until eighth grade when I, dra- when I graduated middle school and when I was on to my first year of high school, like middle school was such, so hard for me and so um, difficult that by the time I was in high school, I had to leave public school and go to a private high school for people um, with on the spectrum and and had some learning disabilities. And when I went there, like I I mean I was one of the higher functioning autistic kids there, but I think people there who may not, who are not as high functioning to have to learn like differently compared to others. So like, for example, I had friends who like really, really want to like read Lord of the Rings books, but they had such a hard time reading those books because they were overwhelmed by the amount of words. Oh. Hmm. And, but like one thing um, I, I found out was there is a way to get around that, which is, like my teacher, who was my also my literature teacher, she ta- um, she was able to have them read War of the Ring by finding a graphic novel version of the War of the Ring books. So the oh, artist- cool! Yeah. So, like for example, those guys like like I mean, there are a lot of books I can read where I don't need visual representation to read it, but some guys do need visual representation to read it. So like, so that's how they were able to read and enjoy it despite not being able to read the like full all word version of it. They were having trouble reading the book, not because of they couldn't understand the concepts because they were learning in a different method. Yeah. Than most of, is that right? Is that it? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what's actually interesting is there's another thing where like in um when I got to high school like I really wanted the period that I had where we were allowed to decide like what we wanted to learn in that one 
um, period we had, like me and my friend, we were really getting interested into Greek mythology. But like my teacher who was in charge of that period, she didn't know that much about Greek mythology. So she was basically trying to find a book that would help basically learn, help us all learn Greek mythology and the stories and everything. And one of the books I actually found at the at the bookstore was this book that was written by like a Harvard um, like professor. And like I was so into the subject, I was able to read that book despite it being way like written by such a um, critically acclaimed professor. Like when you read when you read it, like some people would be like did it too hard of like reading a chem a book by chemists uh-huh. but i was having such i was able to read it despite only being like 15 years old like i was aimed going for a master's for it oh yeah and even my teacher she said herself like she had a hard time reading it and deciphering it yeah it's something I mean, something else. I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm learning so much about a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, so I pre- So when you start this podcast, you got to let us know when and how what we can do to support. I think it's a, def- a one that definitely needs to be out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anything else, Foster, when you say, here's what I would like to accomplish or do one day, what do you have on your, your list there, man? What do you mean? Like goals? You want to do a podcast? Help your mom run your store? You want to have yeah. your own run your own store? What you thinking? Well, like I don't see myself as running my own store. I see myself as being able to pour and run the store while also doing my own thing. So, like not only doing my own podcast, but becoming a content creator, like starting my own stream and everything. Because. Uh-huh. Um, some of my favorite content creators that I watch daily, like they are big, like content creators who have their own style of making entertainment. And I always feel like I have my own way of making entertainment very similar to theirs. Mm-hmm. Still making it my own. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this or not, but some of the most famous content creators in general are people who are indeed themselves autistic themselves. Why, why is that? Um, I don't know, um, particularly. Um, the most famous um, or one of the most famous rep, um, examples of somebody who is autistic, who is very successful in life, is the, I don't know his name off of my hand. Like, I would have to look it up. But it's the creator of the legendary and very still very popular pokemon series uh-huh the guy mm-hmm. who made pokemon he is actually autistic himself and um what's funny is is that he basically the idea of pokemon came um came to be because when he was a kid growing up, he always imagined a world of creatures and monsters and humanoids um, being in all shapes and sizes with different elements running around at that they were freeing the world. And so mm. basically he was able to create that imagination later in life and make it a reality with the Pokemon game. And now because of that, he is a multi-billionaire of a multi-billion 
dollar franchise. Oh, yeah. We were playing that thing in the neighborhood. That's the one where you, you go with your phone and you find them in the neighborhood. That's one of the versions of it. Yeah. Pokemon Go. Yeah. Pokemon. I've got cards all over here. My, my kids grew up playing it. And I yeah. go around. We used to go around the neighborhood at five in the morning looking for them. <laughs> yeah. Like because of him, he now we have one of the most successful franchises in the world. And like he himself is autistic, but he was able to create such an successful and beloved franchise. So Foster, I'm hearing you saying anything's possible, right? When you give people a chance. Is that what I hear you say? Yeah. Like my my joke is the always the joke is with me is I always try to be professional while being um both professional and unprofessional at the same time because I always like to be humorous mm -hmm. about stuff in general. But when it comes to work, like I always try to put in 125% in. So if I do have those days where I can't make it through the day or there's some, something that comes up, it's okay because I've done more than enough to make up for that time where I may not be able to make it through the day or may have a hard day compared to other businesses that would scold you for like not being able to complete your job. Yeah. Foster, this has been a real, real joy being on here with you. Let me ask you if you have any parting words of wisdom for us. Again, I'm catching you unprepared on this, but you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners and viewers for me? Um, parting word, parting word. I think my parting word would be um, to like, despite um, if somebody comes to you with a disability, regardless if it's visible or not visible, like do not underestimate them because a lot of them, um, like they have the work ethic and they, and they really do care about their, you know what? And they do really care about like maintaining and holding a job and they will like if you give them the chance, they will more than um, they will more than make up the make up for their job with like not only doing their job but like really thanking you in a way where like you gave me a chance and because of that I want to do even more work because you gave me that chance. Like kind of going back to the that job where that job ended up um, hiring me on a chance like. I unfortunately left that job um, when I came here to Asheville. I was planning on coming back um, to the job um, even after like some of the COVID restrictions came, were starting to get lifted. Like I, I pretty much stopped the job because of COVID. But then when it started to get good enough to maybe have me come back, that was when we were like, "Yeah, we're moving to Asheville, so it's not going to continue." But yeah. but because they gave me that chance um, and everything, they ended up hiring more people on the spectrum because uh, I was able to basically break that stereotype and that mold because of that. And Foster, Foster Deck, the trailblazer. Mm -hmm. Foster's a trailblazer, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. You open the doors for some others right behind you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Foster, thank you so much, man. When you get that podcast going, and I hope you do, and we'll do anything we can to help you. Be sure and let us know. We'll we'll uh, watch it soar and 
will help promote it. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me on here. It's been so great. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And this concludes another episode of the Circle of Panda podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Foster Deck. You can find Foster and his mom at Madam Clutterbuckets in Asheville, North Carolina. And to find me, you can reach out to me at JD at circleofthepanda.com. With this, I wish you all the best and peace to you. Thank you.